Being an asset manager is being in control of the assets for your real estate syndication or real estate investment fund. The job itself is like property management, but you can think of it as the higher level decisions that go on to in making sure that the asset performs the way it's supposed to. We talked in the last video about property analysis. This video talks about the financial analysis that takes place. Again, the purpose here is to set a baseline for the existing uh, for the existing performance so we can measure against it, identify issues before they become problems. This is also where you may start to see, oh, this is timing to exit the, exit the property, either in here or it's going to be in the market analysis, which is our third video. I hope you find these videos helpful. We're talking about operations, we're talking about custody, and in this video, we're talking about financial benchmarking. Now, why are we talking about this here? Uh, well, we're talking about it because what we're trying to do is under the custody portion, we're setting a benchmark. And this is something you'll regularly do either every month or every quarter in order to keep track of where you're at with your property. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to set a benchmark in order to make sure that we're on basically the right track. It lets us know where we've come from and where we're going, uh, and it gives us a good idea of that. So there's a few ideas uh, that we need to go through. First off, this is not your underwriting portion of the core. The underwriting portion actually comes under rally and under find is where you'll be mostly doing uh, your underwriting as well as in the finance section also in rally. That's where we'll be talking about more underwriting, but I'm going to go through this in some level of detail and it's going to be a repetition to some extent because what I want to make sure we're doing is we're getting this in. This is the basis of all real estate. This is one of the most important issues uh, by far in understanding how the money works. You understand how the money works, you can start understanding how a syndication works, and then ultimately you can talk to an investor. So we need a few things in order to get started with this. We need a rent roll. This you may have already done in your lease analysis, also under this section. Uh, if it's not done yet, you will need to generate a rent roll because basically what you're trying to find out is who all your tenants are, what the rent is, what the uh, operating expenses they pay is in order to be able to put this into your financial benchmark. It also is very, very helpful to have three or more years of operating history. Now you may or may not have this, but it certainly helps in order to be able to figure out what, uh, what some costs would be or what income looks like or what our vacancy rates look like, things like that, in order to accurately predict it. So uh, then we've got our loan summary. 
because what we're trying to find out here is just the cost of the money that we're using, the cost of the debt that we're applying to this syndication. So let's get started. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to be taking a snapshot. And what we'll be doing is this is a snapshot that can take place over a month to month basis. And I encourage you to do it that way in order to make sure that you're on top of your finances at any point. And this feeds directly into the information that's super valuable for when you're giving your investors their updates, which will either be monthly or quarterly. And we'll talk about that in our uh, update in the communications section under updates. Um, but it will be very important information to make it very simple for you. So let's start with income. Uh, actually, let's start with these this two ideas. And we talked about this in our underwriting uh, as well. We have our above the line costs and we have our below the line costs. That line is drawn at NOI. So everything above the line is goes in to calculate NOI. Everything below the line is just used to take that NOI and figure out what our cash flow is. So let's say, uh, let's start with all of our above the line costs. So first we start with income. Now, since you've already got your rent roll, what we're trying to project is for that past month, what is our, or what was our rental income? What was that rental income? So uh, you know how much money you took in. And then I would do it uh, based on the total income that is potential. You don't have to do it this way. This is an advanced technique that's really, really useful. And what we're saying is of the leases that are in place, what's the total amount that we could then, uh, that we could have turned in? So if somebody hasn't paid their rent, we're still counting that, uh, but we're not taking into account, um, but we're putting, so we're putting that as a dollar amount and then we're gonna subtract it out later. Uh, same thing with if you have a vacancy, we would actually put the market value of that in um, and then subtract out that the that vacancy cost and here's where we do that is here this next line we are going to subtract out vacancy and credit and we do that because then it's very simple for us to see a historical basis for what our costs are for uh, vacancy and what is also been our costs for uh, non-payment. And then when you take those, you take rental income minus the vacancy, you get the effective rental income. But that's not the end of the story, is it? Because not all of your all of your buildings sometimes have additional sources of income. If you think about an apartment building, for example, you may have laundry in the apartment building and they pay they pay for laundry. So that becomes other income. 
And so we add other income uh, to that, to the effective rental income, and we get our gross operating income. So that's how we get our gross operating income. Now that's not the only thing that goes into the financial benchmark, is there? There is also your expenses. Now I like to do my expenses in a very specific order. You may change the order as you will. I like it in a specific order because it's what most uh, commercial real estate brokers are used to seeing it in this order because it's also the same order that's used uh, by organizations like CCIM. So I follow the same order uh, and I think it makes sense. I always know where to look when it's there um, and it makes it very efficient. So I want to know what my taxes expense is. So this could be your property tax. This could be your um, uh, this could be your uh, personal property tax. Uh, it, sometimes there is that personal property tax, and I would just add them together, or you could break them out on different lines. Now you may be in a place, and probably are, where property taxes are not paid monthly. They're paid uh, maybe two times a year, and if that's the case, you have two. You have a choice to make: either to build an account in order to allocate for that, um, say you amortize it over that that period of time, or you can and and kind of segregate your account money that way or you can just do it on a month basis, but then you're gonna have some months where you get clobbered, uh, and then you have some months where you're gonna be doing great. So uh, I would rather you amortize it out and maybe just make a note that, that it's an amount that's amortized over, over that 12 years, or 12 months. Uh, then we have our insurance, and here we really mean our um, property insurance. And then management fees. Now management fees typically can be broken down into more uh, portions if you, um, more different categories, depending on how extensive your management is. If you're doing payroll, things like that, we do put line items, we'll go through those in a minute. Um, but maybe it's just a straight management cost. Now, if you have a third-party manager, then you probably just have a straight management cost uh, rather than breaking it down like this. But there are some other categories like payroll. Um, and then uh, man uh, expenses of the management company. So that may be um, your postage or things like that. Taxes and workman's comp. So these all kind of go under management. And if I'm doing this in a spreadsheet, I'm probably kind of compressing it and making it look neat so that they all kind of go together. Uh, and it makes it a little bit more clear. Uh, then I want to know, I, I do repairs and maintenance. Now I like to break these down into three different categories to make it simple for me to understand. 
So I like to do non-capital repairs. And then capital repairs. And the difference between these really is uh, more has more to do with how you're going to depreciate it for our purposes than anything else. But I like to break it down this way because typically a non-capital repair is something that comes very, you know, that I'm not going to amortize over the course of a year where a capital repair is something I might very well. Um, so after capital repairs, I do my maintenance. And this is really everything else. Um, and then I, because it's so closely related to maintenance, I like to put my janitorial portage uh, there. Then we start talking about utilities. Um, I should back up a little bit. So there are a lot of buildings where the tenants are paying part of their utilities, but the bill is coming to the uh, to the landlord. And so I count cam reimbursements here. Uh, let's just put cams. Um, so I put my cams in my other income. You could, I suppose, put it as part of your um, your rental income, and then also you'd also have a calculation for your vacancy and credit, um, but it may not balance out if you did it that way. So under utilities, um, we've got our electricity. We got water. We got gas. We got trash. Uh, I like to put all those, I like to put trash underneath utilities. Um, you may have to, uh, sewage may be separate, however it works best for your property. Um, then we've got uh, accounting. And legal. And now here's something I like to point out. These are things that are affect the property. This is not items that are for your syndication. So I would not include things in accounting and legal, things like um, lawyer fees to get your your um, your PPM done. I would not uh, look put in there things for your uh, taxes for your K-1 specifically. Um, it, it is not what I would include in there. What I would include in there is any kind of accounting and legal that pertains to that property itself. So you have a slip and fall on the property, you get brought into a lawsuit, I would put that in there. Um, you have an investor suing you because they're not happy, I would not include this in there. Um, licenses and permits. This can be everything from your business license if required or uh, your elevator license, things like that. Uh, advertising, 
a lot of places will advertise uh, to make themselves kind of known in the community and increase themselves. Uh, it's not super necessary, um, but I would certainly include things like your vacancies. I would include my advertisements for vacancies that I am paying in there as well. Now, if, you're, if you have a real estate agent who is doing the leasing for you, I would not include that unless it was, uh, was something that was completely separate from their brokerage fees. And then there's supplies. This is everything from toilet paper to cleaning fluid to things like that, things every building needs. And then we put other contract labor. And here we're talking about pest control, your HVAC service contracts, your uh, roof service contracts, snow removal, um, items like that. Now, at the end, we add all of those up. We get our total operating expenses. So now what we've done is now we've got our, we can go all the way back up here and we can say our, our gross operating income. Minus our total operating expenses equals your net operating income. So now we've got our, our everything done in that above the line area, right? This is everything above the line. So let's, we can even Now, that's our above the line. So now let's do our below the line. So let's start first by putting NOI over here. And now let's subtract out a few things. So now let's subtract out our debt service interest. And here I really like separating this out and separate out my debt service principle. I separate this out because it makes my calculations about different ways of doing our, um, uh, my ROI better and easier to see. And it also sets me up for seeing what my after-tax situation is. Now, I don't think that the that the financial benchmark is the proper place for calculating your after-tax. Uh, so I don't, I don't include that in my benchmarking when I do it. Um, so I subtract out the debt service interest, debt service principal. If I have multiple loans, obviously I'm, I have more items than just two. Um, and then I calculate anything, or I subtract out anything I put away towards my funded reserves. 
because that moves off your income statement over to the asset statement. Um, and then and then I subtract out any leasing commissions I paid. And then, and that includes if you are a syndicator and you did your own leasing, but you're getting paid a leasing commission, that includes money that was paid to you as the syndicator. And that equals our cash flow before taxes. So how often do I do this? Well, at the end, I, I do this, I tend to do this on a monthly basis. Sometimes I'll do it on a quarterly basis, but then I will backtrack to make it a monthly thing. And so typically when I syndicate, I generally don't do my own property management. I tend to hire a property manager because I have other things that I would rather be doing. Um, but I mean, not that there's anything wrong with property management, but I, it's, my, you, my skills are much better left not doing the property management and having somebody do it. Um, and then I get them to basically fill all this out on the income, on the expenses. I just finish up the, the other expenses as well, make sure it's lined up. Uh, and then at the end of the day, I have it. So I like to do it on either an, on a quarterly basis or monthly. So I basically am building out this as we go along, this running spreadsheet that just goes down the line. And then what I can do with that is I can really quickly get different performance measures out of it and see how I've been doing. Now, at the very outset of this, you probably will be doing a one-year uh, snapshot. Now, that one-year snapshot will be dated at the time of purchase and the year previous to it. So it's sort of like leading up to it plus that, but I would add any changes in taxes on the front end. So I would kind of do, it's kind of a pro forma, but I'm not doing a pro forma based on changes in rents or any sort of add value. I want, basically what I'm trying to see is what it would look like for the, for a year where I owned the property, but I did absolutely nothing and I didn't as is. So I can kind of set a benchmark on that. Now you certainly can do at the time of purchase, um, that's okay too, but I would uh, caution you when you're looking at your measures on things, especially like taxes, there's gonna be a substantial change in taxes in most jurisdictions within that, one, uh, within that year or within two years uh, when they set the reassessment time. So that said, that's when I do that. And this is a blow. The line. So the cash flow before taxes ultimately is what your investor cares about in your particular investment. Uh, your above the line cost is what uh, what a buyer cares about. Um, not that your investor doesn't care about it, uh, but your true performance for the investor is that cash flow before taxes. So that was financial benchmarking as a monthly or quarterly time periods. So I hope you found that video, that blast from the past video helpful. Now, why did I say blast from the past? Again, this was made for my high level mastermind, top real estate professionals that I helped coach to help them become investment uh, managers, real estate syndicators themselves and go from 
working very at a high level, either as high level brokers, high level property managers, even members of REITs, so that they could then take on the mantle themselves and establish their own investment company. So uh, my name is Tilda Muschietti. I am a syndication attorney for the Muschietti Syndication Law Group. If we can help you be successful by doing the legal work necessary to help you uh, become a, do your first syndication, put together an investment fund, we'd be happy to help. Not only do we help you with the compliance piece, but we also obviously have a background and expertise in the business side as well. And we can help use our expertise to help you and make sure that you're successful.